true citizen of the world, Lee Jun Fon, also known as Bruce Lee, was an American and Chinese actor, director, martial artist, philosophizer, and founder of Jeet Kune Do. It was one of the Canton. Lee was a son of a Cantonese opera star and actor, became one of the most influential Chinese stars of all time. We're listening to a episode of Clapped by Fire. You're listening to Clapped by Fire. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Ha! first in lightning. I gotta say, it's yeah. How's everybody going? It's been a pretty crazy week, and uh, our topic today sounds like an awesome topic of freaking choice. But before, let's get into, uh, you know, let's follow the process. Let's get into announcements. How's everyone doing this week? Doing pretty good, man. How about you? Uh, finally think I kicked this virus right in the nuts, and I'm feeling so much wet better this whole week. I'm going to be just top of my game, and then I'm going to feel like absolute shit next week. I can almost predict it. That's like my fortune cookie status right now. <laughs> Crack, open it up. Next week, you are going to feel like uttermost shit. <laughs> I think right now, it's the back of my head. I kind of feel like I got what you got, though. So. Yeah, like I had I, something. I had just like horrible pressure in my head. Um, probably the worst sore throat I've ever had in my entire life. I had runny nose, cough, and it pretty much lasted for like two, three weeks. But it was strange because it wasn't like you felt like shit. It was like you feel like shit, then you felt good, then you felt like shit, then you felt good again. Never, yeah. uh, just never goes away. And then after you know, like three weeks of just living in uttermost hell, you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not looking forward to what tomorrow brings when it comes to this, so. Okay, well, I'm going to go first on announcements. So, uh, you know that shooter that uh, did the mass shooting in Buffalo? Finally, uh, he got charged, and he's going life in jail. Nice. What do you guys think about that? You think he deserved the death penalty? You think he gets life in jail? Some thoughts. What do you think? I honestly think, man, that it's just go ahead and give him the death penalty. Like, your tax dollars freaking supporting somebody who, like, clearly had no regard for human life in the first place. You know, give him what he wants. He went in there for a reason, you know. So he did the shooting when he was 18 years old. He's now 19. He's now got the whole rest of his life uh, behind bars. Uh it's pretty sad. Uh, in all honesty, I think this guy deserves the death penalty. The reason being is he didn't just go do a mass shooting. He stre- he live streamed it on Twitch. Uh, you know, bragged about it. You know, so you know what? Just get rid of him. Exactly. There's a lot of people. There's like, oh well, he's you know he's only 18. Who fucking cares? <laughs> So I don't know if you guys have ever watched the live stream. I'm going to be honest. I've I've seen it. It's absolutely disgusting. Um, I do not encourage anybody to go watch it. But, uh, yeah, I pretty much had some GoPros on him that uh, he wanted to film it. He wanted to remember it. He wanted people to see it. So, yeah, I think this guy should get the chair for sure. 
Yeah. Okay, second, uh, or, or John, you got you got anything to say uh, to that? Uh, no, I don't. Yeah, okay, I'll move on, I'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, previous episodes, we talked about uh, Tyree Nicholas and uh, all the police officers that were involved in his, uh, his murder have all, uh, in court, have all said that they're innocent. They say they're not guilty, they were just doing their jobs. What do you guys think about that? Oh, man. I mean, I realize, you know, I got friends who are cops. I got, you know, family who's even the police field dude. But even they'll tell you, like, shit's taken way too far on this one. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I just saw that. Thought it was thought it was pretty crazy, too. Like, you know. Yeah. Obviously, stand for whatever you believe is correct, but just from what I saw, I think these guys are guilty as fuck, but it's just my opinion. That's what we do in America. We're allowed to have opinions. We're allowed to agree to disagree, and uh, if you don't like something, uh, vote someone in that's going to change it. That's how it works here. So, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Okay, second matter, or third matter of business. Uh, you know, you guys know the non-binary ex-Biden staffer, Sam. They, them, make sure you get your pronouns correct. Uh, he got fired for stealing luggage, and, uh, you know, it's all over the news that, you know, finally he got released on bill, and uh, now he's coming out and saying that he's been bullied his whole life, and he's oppressed. And, uh, you know, the guy did steal two different suitcases from airports, which is technically, and I, I don't know, I've always been told that, like, you go steal from a mailbox, that's a felony. That's, you know, people get their credit cards, bank information through the mail, and, uh, you know, if you steal someone's suitcase out of an airport where there's high security, uh, I would think that's pretty similar to, like, a felony. But, you know, he uh, just so. he just got released, and uh, now he's telling everyone that his family abused him, and his life sucks. Or they, they're, or they, they's life suck. That does not sound like proper English, but, but so, <clears throat> let's respect the guy, or the person, the thing, they, them. Sorry, it is so hard. To freaking respect people's pronouns. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I actually really want to identify as a popsicle so you guys can just lick me. Oh! <laughs> you know, I and went to the bank. Should, re- should respect my wishes. Guess oh. you're not going outside anymore, huh? Oh, not when it's cold, that's fine. Um, <laughs> is hot we're gonna have issues so if you say why do i stop and i say it's because i have brain freeze <laughs> not just kidding no no we're not going there okay i'm gonna continue on <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> so uh i don't know i'm just i'm just a big believer that someone that is uh you know there's this famous quote that, that, a, that a wise man will will admit his wrongs or a strong man will admit his wrongs i think that failure and you know not necessary failure, but mistakes happen in life, and just just admitting your wrongs, and just freaking uh, you know, growing from that is is super important life lesson in life. So, I don't know. It's all over the news. I've seen it all over the news, and then also the whole like Gabby Petito thing and Brian Dirty Laundry guy. I don't know if you guys have seen that on the news too, but you know that happened. It made national news. Everyone was super hyped about it. And then uh, now it's like the family's going around trying to literally sue every police station. And uh, it's kind of sad because it's like, I don't know, I've had a sister die and I, it, it happens. Justice doesn't happen in the world. And 
you know, I like they they almost seem like they're just money hungry, you know, going around trying to sue all these cops, trying to sue all these people. Our daughter would have been alive. Our daughter wouldn't have been alive or would have still been alive if you would have done your job correctly. And then they're releasing all this information, like notes that Brian wrote and uh, pictures of uh, I can't. What's her name again? Brian Laundry and Gabby. You know, they're releasing all these pictures where she had blood on her face. And it's just like, why in the hell weren't you releasing this when the story was like, you know what I mean? Like, the story's getting dragged out super far, and I feel like her parents are just money hungry as hell. So, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I got nothing on it, man, honestly, because I wasn't even aware of the case until just now. So, Oh, really? Yeah, it was yeah, really. pretty big last year. They went on a traveling uh, from Florida through to a lot of the national parks up here. And the cops got called for um, some kind of disorder. And Is this the same case where uh, where the cops were finding all those bodies in the, in the swamp when they found her? Like after uh, the she, fact? Is this the same case? They found, they found, found they found two other they found another couple in the process of looking for her but that's a completely different case oh okay all right maybe I did hear about it then I don't know <laughs> she ended up disappearing he got found back in Florida in her vehicle and wouldn't say what happened huh. and then you know he later disappeared cops couldn't find him hold accountable for being the suspect they later you know his his family wouldn't do anything. They later, you know, yeah, just look it up. Like I'm sure, I'm yeah, sure you know the story, sure. jo- uh, Sean. You're just a little behind on that, but it was all over news like a couple months ago. Just constant news. But uh, you know, the daughter died. He committed suicide. Yada yada yada. But the the family is now like money hungry, and they're trying to go after like every police station that was involved with the crime. They're trying to sue the shit out of them. Try to get you know, try to get money. So, right, yeah. <clears throat> Um, so, uh, Heber, this is a, this is a little close to home. If you guys know where Heber is, a uh, man killed a seven year old in Heber city. Uh, Damn. this was a little while ago, but he uh, just got sentenced to 15 years. Thank fucking God. There's some justice. Right. Jeez, man. And, uh, I could, uh, I could go into the whole Mormon church scandal thing that's going on right now, but, uh, respects to John, I'm just going to move on. Okay. Who wants to talk and stick? <laughs> I just wanted to bring up the, uh, East Palestine, uh, train derailment right now. You know, like that is freaking insane. Uh, apparently it was transporting a whole bunch of chemicals. Those chemicals went off the rails, uh, burned for days, um, and apparently the chemicals that are in it are causing uh, acid rain. They're also cancer-causing agents and uh, have basically polluted their entire, you know, ecosystem over there as far as the water goes. As far as anybody who drinks the water or, you know, the animals are drinking it and eating the food. And birds are falling dead out of the sky. Like, it's, uh, it's a pretty serious deal, man. That I think most of the East Coast and Middle America is going to fill for a while. I saw a news report where uh, a dad, I guess there was a little creek where uh, he'd go take his daughter to go play, and they went down to the creek, and they got a stick, and they would, like, wiggle it in the water, and you could see all, like, the rainbow water. So it's like, yeah, it, yeah it's completely destroying, like, the, the natural ecosystem there, and it's pretty uh, pretty bad stuff. That would uh, definitely scare the shit out of me if that happened to near us. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, what's bad is, like, that 
one river that it, it decided to rail by, um, it, it feeds into five other rivers that go across America. You know what I mean? So there's a good chance it could still still pollute the rest of them. So for sure, for sure, dude. You got anything else? Uh, no, I think that's pretty much the only thing I really wanted to talk about today. So, John, you got any announcements for us? Cool things you found in the news? Uh, nothing that I found. I actually spent a lot of time doing this uh, research, and it's probably going to be a longer one today. And I cut so much stuff out of it because this guy's life is pretty awesome. Okay, so uh, before we start, uh, I just got one other thing real fast. So our last episode, um, the Motorcycle Biker Gang, we did get a comment on it, Sean. This is specifically for you. Noise. It said, it's from an anonymous user, so I have no idea who it's from, but it says that uh, how do you, uh, how do you, as a fish, how do you never get caught? You keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Thought that uh, thought that was pretty funny. Thanks for whoever. Uh, <laughs> thanks for whoever said that comment. It's totally true. You know, like you you're fishing, you see the food, you open your mouth. But if you just keep your mouth shut, you ain't gonna get caught. So, <clears throat> I thought that was super funny. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty good. I like that. Also, something else uh, too. Uh, just remember, uh, we're so we're so very thankful for everyone that has uh, liked and follow us on Apple Podcast on Spotify. Please remember to continue to like and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends about us. We are trying to grow our uh, our audience. So. Uh, if you like and subscribe and then tell your friends about us, too, that does boost our algorithm. That's going to allow us to get uh, more exposure for our podcast. So thank you so much for the people that have done that. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, go do it right now. <laughs> Hell yeah. Did you say we also had a couple listeners out in Denmark? Okay. So uh, let me pull this up real fast just to make sure that this information is correct. But we are no longer a podcast that is just located in the United States. Um. We have 2% of our audience that is located in Denmark. Oh, yeah. So shout out to you guys. <laughs> shout out to the people in Denmark. That is, uh, that's freaking awesome. I, I, I don't know. I always thought we'd stay in Utah. But we're actually, uh, we're in 13 different states right now. So I uh, keep spreading the word. Let's do it. <clears throat> Other than that, uh, let's, uh, let's all hop in the Clapmobile and go down memory lane. Oh, that's definitely a memory lane today. Let's get started. Oh, wait, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. Hey, I just, I just hey, played. Uh, hey. So sorry, sir. I was playing the Clapmobile little thing that uh, Brad, hey. Brad made for us. My bad, my bad. I was just playing it. I hope you guys liked it. We're gonna, you know, work on that a little bit. But uh, floor is yours, John. All right. So Bruce Lee not only was one of the best martial arts instructors in the United States, set his own path to become a true icon on and off the silver screen. One thing I wanted to start off with was some of his philosophies. First, the probably most uh, known would be is to be like water. Empty your mind, formless, shapeless, like water water into a cup becomes the cup the water into a bottle it becomes a bottle put it into a teapot it becomes a teapot it can flow or it can crash be like water my friend on another one 
as always, be yourself. He said, when I look around, I always learn something that is be yourself and to express yourself and have faith in yourself. Do not go out and look for successful personality and duplicate, duplicate it. Start from the very root being, which is how can I be me? Might sound a little, it might sound a little corny, but if you learn anything from this podcast today, I hope that you see that Bruce didn't write down these things just to write them down. He lived what he wrote. I can care. I can care with that. I, I, I know those statements. I've heard them many, many times. I played sports in high school. Uh, so I, I agree 100%. Yeah. Many of these things were... <clears throat> Uh, and thoughts were published in a book after his death that was compiled his journals um, his essays and drawings that he called the Tao of Jeet Kune Do back in 1975 another one of his quotes from this book is really powerful and goes to show the great man Bruce was under the under the sky under the heaven it is one family he had to deal with a lot of racism on so many fronts, whether it was from the Chinese side, he got flack from teaching non-Chinese people martial arts, or from the people in Hollywood that at the time didn't want to give a chance to an Asian man to obtain any kind of leading roles. Growing up in the age where we are in now, we see all types of racism on the big screen. Uh, we see all types of races faces on the big screen that was not the case back in the day. The thought that no one could see to see a foreigner in a big time role, which is sad because it's nice to see the times have changed and has continued to change. So right now, uh, before we kind of get into a timeline, we'll do a little word from our sponsors. Did you enjoy the clap by fire intro? Do you want to play some of the best apps and mics out there but are broke as a joke just like me? Check out MidnightAudioImpulses.com where you can purchase impulse response in digital speakers. This allows you to still shred that expensive amp for a fraction of the price. Plug in your guitar to your computer and bam, you sound just like your favorite bands. Instead of forking out cash for expensive cabinets, it's a plug and play. Clap by Fire Podcast has an exclusive offer for you at checkout. If you use code CLAPPED in all caps, you can get 25% off your purchase. Again, at checkout, use code CLAPPED in all caps for 25% off your purchases. Again, go check out MidnightAudioImpulses.com. Do you love telling stories and want your voice to be heard? Check out Anchor.com. Anchor is a free program with built-in features that allows you to record and edit on the go. This allows you to get your content out there fast and easy and stress-free. Did I forget to mention it's 100% for free? Anchor's website being super user-friendly allows you to create an account in less than five minutes. Start creating today 100% for free. Check out anchor.com. We're going to go back to the beginning. Bruce was born... On November 27th, 1940, between 6 and 8 a.m., 
which is the year of the dragon and the hour of the dragon, which is pretty cool because I'll be saying the dragon a lot in this episode. Chris got his name by accident when a hospital attending physician, Mary Glover, made the mistake on the birth certificate and put Bruce as his first name. It wasn't caught until a couple months later when the family moved back to China. I was wondering if maybe my name was messed up on my birth certificate and I was supposed to be called Sexy Pants Peterson, but I guess we'll <laughs> never know. So I got I got to tell you guys something real fast. Uh, if if you know me personally, you know you know my I I go my name is Malachi, but I go by Kai. I was actually named Benjamin, and the same. So I was named Benjamin. My parents went home. You know, I was chilling at home, and then they went back to the hospital that night and switched my name to Malachi. So I I was a Benjamin for probably about like ten hours. Oh man, I'm gonna start calling you Benji now. <laughs> 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 I thought it was, thought it was kind of funny, you know. It was so he was his name was uh, his Lee name June was Fan. So technically, I guess Lee is his surname. You know, Bruce Lee, uh, June Fan was technically uh, his first name uh, due to uh, Mary Glover making the mistake on the birth certificate is now kind of gone by by bruce is bruce a common name in china do you know no uh not that i know of. so he was actually born in um san francisco uh he lived here for a few months and we'll find out a little bit more about his uh his family kind of see why he would they were here and fran so bruce was born the fourth of uh, five siblings. One of his brothers was a world-class fencer and a meteorologist. He was married to 1975's Miss Hong Kong. One of one of his brothers was a musician in a band called Thunderbirds. His father was a great opera singer and was traveling in the U.S. when Bruce was born. That actually gave Bruce uh, dual citizenship to both the U.S. and China. Bruce's mother was a member of a well-off family, had a lot of political uh, ties and money ties. But needless to say, the Lee family was pretty well off. Three months old, Bruce had his first uh, debut in the uh, Golden Gate Girl as the baby girl carried by his father as an extra thought it was kind of nice a little nugget to find one of the most uh, famous martial artists of all times had his first film debut as a little girl <laughs> so yeah his dad somewhere <laughs> yeah his dad's in the background carrying um carrying him in the background of the film and apparently he was put as a little girl <laughs> so at three months old he started his film career that's awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. In April 1941, Bruce and his family moved back to Hong Kong after his dad's opera uh, was done with the touring. In 1946, Bruce, at the age of six, was the first in his first childhood film called Beginning of a Boy, 
By the time he was 18, he had already been in 20 movies. In those years, he tried to perfect a lot of the, the famous facial expressions that you see in a lot of his films today. A quick question for you. Absolutely. Do you know if most of those films were based out of China or out of America? So, majority of all the films um, are going to be in China. Uh, this was a lot of his childhood. He actually spent most of his childhood in China. Uh, he didn't actually start moving to uh, back to the United States until he was 18. Gotcha. So, while going to school with a little bit of fame, started um, being in a lot of those movies. Both there, we started doing. Um, it was known for in his adult life. He started fighting. He just thought it was lazy, and possibly started to think the school was beneath him. Became a tough guy. Bruce became the leader of a little gang used to wait behind another school local school to f pick fights with the other school kids a lot of times police had to be called to break them up started off with fist fights and later uh, they started to bring chains and bats uh to these fights what was the Go name of his gang the dragons don't it, it doesn't say it doesn't say the name of the gang um so there was a school, local school, not too far away that had a lot of um, foreigners. And because there was a lot of racism going on there, China at the time would go and actually start fighting. Which if I find out a little bit later in the episode that uh, Bruce is actually a quarter English. The majority of his life was extremely racist against the kids who were for you know who were foreigners and uh, there's meet up behind the school and they would get in fights there'd be chains involved bats involved a lot of times i had to get broken up um he did he was in constant fights growing up so so john Just, uh, you're telling me that they didn't take it out to the flagpole you're telling me that they went behind the trash can or the back of the school is that what you're saying is that what you're saying well, john <laughs> so what i'm thinking is it might be some kind of cultural thing here but we'll totally take it out out to the flagpole and you know that's where i'll kick everyone's trash right there i'm not sure exactly where the meeting point's supposed to be uh maybe it's back behind a sushi restaurant i don't know jesus <laughs> I just know back in the day, um, back when I was in school, we always had our little rivalries between other schools. Um, a lot of times after sporting events, there'd be some kind of fights. But uh, I don't think it ever got to the point to where anyone would bring chains. Yeah, you want to hear how fights went down at my high school? Yeah, go ahead. So I grew up. And the hick one of the hickish hickish you know I holy cow I can't even talk right now. If I pronounce words a certain way, that's because how that's how I was raised. I was I was born and raised in Southern Utah, <clears throat> and uh, they had this place called it was called Out South. It was pretty much where the paved road end, and it pretty much just went out in the middle of nowhere. Is the area where there was just tons of uh, four wheeling you know you go four wheeling go ride your horses yada yada yada. It was just called Out South. That's what people called it, and it's. Uh, 
not not super far from where the Colorado border is, and uh, you know Plagueville, uh, the polygamous uh, cult that's down there. And so what happens is uh, all these farmers would just go put their cows out there, just out south. That's what, like I said, that's what we called it. But they would dig these holes in the ground and they would fill them up with water, and that's how they uh, that's how they watered the cows. And so what happens if you had beef with someone in school? You would like call them out. You'd say like, "Hey, Sean, I'm gonna beat the living shit out of you uh, on Wednesday. We're gonna go. We're gonna go to the mud pit." And uh, everyone would be like, "Oh!" And then you know, Sean would have to be like, "Hell yeah, dude, let's go to the mud pit." So what happens is you'd get all these like these old school like red uh, redneck trucks, and they'd drive out to like where these where one of these dried up holes was. And they'd park all their cars around it, and then whoever had the beef would put on gloves, and they'd walk down in uh in the little uh you know it, it's like the size of probably like five or six cars like a pretty big hole in the ground and you would just beat the living shit out of each other until one of them told the other one sorry or until they were knocked out and then you'd throw them in your car and rush them to the hospital that's how uh, that's how fights were taken care of in my high school <laughs> hey hey sounds good i've never had a pit maybe that's why you know for no, it was behind the trash can, and you know I had to educate you that it was the flagpole since you're up in our our area now. <laughs> All right. 1954. Bruce said that he got into a fight. That was the first fight that he ever lost. I don't know any about the details about it. But he didn't. Don't know. Again, we don't know much about the fight. Um. That actually gave him the motivation to start training for martial arts. He started to study the art of Wing Chun Kung Fu under the private tutelage of Grandmaster Yip Man. Yip Man was already a well-known and well-loved master before Bruce started training with him. Bruce was a very active kid growing up. He also got into fencing with his brother. He did cha-cha dancing. He would... Almost never slowed down, and his nickname from his family around that time was Never Sit Still. While training in his teen years, it is said that Bruce has been in a lot of street fights. There are numbers out there say that ranges from 60 to 100 street fights. It has, if I'm not mistaken, I would say that he had a little bit of a fighting problem. Also sounds like Hong Kong back then was a lot of teenagers, kids constantly walking around and bumping with bumps and bruises. Also picture kids walking around with packs, you know, and packs of with chains and brass knuckles and possibly some kind of nunchucks. So it's kind of I'm, crazy. I'm I'm low key thinking of like Cobra Kai and the kids that get out of out of the dojo and they're just like kind of walking around and they'll you know just fight like the playground and stuff it's totally totally bringing flash flash flashbacks right now <laughs> yeah i was thinking like some of that old those old movies like uh geez um i can picture those movies but all those little gangs with like the greasers and the squares and yeah I, that's what i'm kind of picturing when it comes to that so Lee stood out with all of his training due to his speed and precision. With all the training with Kung Fu on the, and the street fightings, uh, Lee was starring a lot of movie roles. While getting kicked out of school when he was 15, he got put into another school where he, he started to train with boxing um, with one of his teachers. 
So not only was he still starring in movies, street fighting, practicing Kung Fu, he also started boxing. Uh, learning under Yip Man, the teacher tried to stop kids from fighting in the streets and tried to get them to fight in tournaments. Bruce never wanted to fight for points. He wanted to fight for blood. Okay, maybe nice. it wasn't that bad. Ta-da. Uh, Bruce was never a fan of tournaments, the point system, because it wasn't the way you would fight in real life. But going back to back in 1957, kids didn't want to train with Bruce. Um not because of the street fights, but because Bruce was the quarter British on his mom's side due to the racism um, and strong in the Chinese culture. He wasn't seen as a worthy to keep learning with them. He did end up training with Yip Man alone, who didn't care. 1958, Bruce enters the citywide boxing tournament, and you guessed it, he won all the opponents in the first round except for the final round where he beat the three-year in a row champion in the third round so this guy has got skills in 1959 he got into a fight with the wrong guy it seems the guy got kicked you kicked the crap out of the kid this kid was the high one of the high-ranking members of the triads try High-ranking members of the triads. Law enforcement was called to this one. One of the cops told Bruce and his dad that it's more likely there would be a contract put out on his head. So his dad thought of it would be best to send him to America to start fresh. So in 1959, when he's 18, picked the wrong fight, kicked the crap out of a triad kid, they said that they put a contract out on his head, so they moved him back to America. That's freaking dope. <laughs> oh, yeah. What did, what did he beat up? The, the mobster's son or something? Like <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. I guess kicked the crap out of him, and they uh, the cop came to them and said, hey, probably best if he goes because um, we're pretty sure that there's a hit. Um contract out for him right now that is insane <laughs> so in april of 1959 he heads on a ship back to san francisco where he was born he had gotten one of the cheaper tickets but by the end of the boat ride he had gotten a first class room due to teaching cha-cha some of the wealthy passengers you can definitely understand the uh resume of this guy getting the cheaper seats but by the end of it he's in a first class room when cha cha to some of the wealthy passengers that's uh it's kind of cool how long after he gets to san fran he moves to seattle where he starts to work for as a dishwasher for a well-known restaurant owner lady ruby chow who was a pretty big deal in the chinese community in seattle Ruby Chow was the first Asian woman to hold office in the community. In the story, she ran as a Democrat. And one Ted Bundy tried to get her to run it as, as a Republican because he thought it might give her a better chance. 
Ted Bundy yeah. will be in the future, just so you guys know. Uh, yeah. So, so sometime suppose, down the road. <laughs> I guess it's a good thing that uh, Lady Chow uh, really wasn't his type. Usually one for the uh, brunettes and uh, not the Asian ladies. Yeah. <laughs> that was kind of cool that Ted Bundy tried to get her to run as a Republican because he thought it would give her a better chance. A little uh, random fact there. Around this time of his life, he started teaching his own version of Kung Fu called Jute Fen Kung Fu, which interpreted to Bruce Lee Kung Fu. Starting off in backyards and parks, Bruce continued training, picking up regular students around this time while also going back to school and getting his high school diploma. And enrolled in the University of Washington, where he starts to study drama and a few other things. He starts to train a bunch of people from college, and while doing this, he meets his future wife, Linda, when he went to a high school to teach and talk about his style of martial arts. 1961, he gets back into fighting when he challenges the rival martial artist that was pissed off that Bruce was teaching martial arts to Westerners. Rumor has it that the fight only lasted 11 seconds before Bruce won. After blocking a punch and letting those fists of fury unleashed on the body and the face of this opponent, it took 11 seconds for him to knock him on his ass. <laughs> In 1962, Bruce opened his first official Kung Fu studio, where all were welcome to train. Later that year, he published a book about Chinese Kung Fu, where it had illustrations, made it easier to learn the techniques. At Garfield High School, he demonstrated the one-inch punch for the first time. Where, <clears throat> yeah, for the first time, I'd recommend watching the video online. Uh, so badass. I've I've seen it and it it truly is incredible. Just what like okay, so when I think of Bruce Lee, you guys all have TikTok. You guys have all heard that voice. It's like I'm fast as fuck, boy. I'm fast as fuck, <laughs> dude. Bruce Lee. If you if you've ever seen any video of this guy, this guy is fast as lightning. Like like your eyes can't catch how fast this fool's moving. The one inch punch is insane. So like he'd get his hand, he'd put it up against a board. And he like his middle finger would just barely touch it, and then with that period, you know, you just the force from your body and the punch, you'd break the board. It is insane. Yeah, there's just so much power based on so little movement. Um, I didn't put it in the notes here, um, but lost my train of thought. Never mind. Uh, keep going on. <laughs> 1964, he drops out of college to focus on his teaching career. Later that year, he opened up a new studio down in Oakland, California. Also, in 64, he meets with, his, with Ed Parker, who was known as the father of karate here in the U.S. He was also known for training a bunch of celebrities like Elvis and the one and only Chuck Norris. No way! Are you serious? <laughs> so, like Ed Ed Parker did train Chuck Norris and the the karate, so it was a very well known. Uh, and Chuck will actually come into um, come into the podcast a few times. That's awesome. Was, <laughs> was currently known to the trainer of the stars in Long Beach. Bruce would wow spectators by doing uh, two finger push ups, 
the one inch punch and you can also find that video online where the guy the guy was on receiving yeah the yeah, the video of the guy on the one inch punch um there's a chair behind him he actually got knocked out of his chair knocked yeah. back knocked out of the chair and he actually called bruce the next day said that he had to call out work because um his chest hurt so bad the guy that was in that video that got knocked knocked out of the chair called into sick called in sick the next day to work because of that and the thing is i think that guy had a uh, some padding on his chest too to like help soften the blow when he hit him yeah like yeah it was it's pretty cool video of it so we called bruce the next day said he was not going to demonstrate with him anymore and uh called out because uh the hurt so bad the next day 1964 with all the connections that he's meeting in southern california he gets an audition for a new tv show called the green hornet after the audition uh, he gets a call from his girlfriend um, tells him that she's pregnant not long after he flies back to seattle to propose and just 13 days later bruce and linda were married within the next week after getting married, they moved down to L.A. where Bruce was offered a role for Cato, the Green Hornet. As filming won't start for another year, he gets back uh, to teaching his brand of Kung Fu. How long after he gets uh, to probably the most famous fight with Ong Jack, man, a Kung Fu practitioner in Oakland's Chinatown. According to Lee Ong, and the Chinese community had an issue with Lee teaching and non-Chinese students. So they came up with the ultimatum. If Bruce lost, he would have to shut down all of his schools and top, stop teaching Kung Fu. If he won, Bruce would be able to keep teaching the way he felt like. According to Wong, fight lasted 20 to 25 minutes. He felt bad because of the power he contained in his legs he refused to kick lee because he didn't want sent him to his grave according to everyone else in the room the fight lasted between two to three minutes with lee kicking the shit out of him <laughs> got him down to the ground and um on gave up <laughs> oh uh didn't put in the notes but another a lot of other people were talking about it even Wong's Wong, his students, saying that after the first a little flurry fighting, Wong actually started running away. The so Bruce chased him down, caught him, started wailing on him. And at that point, Bruce actually started to get a little bit winded. So because he got winded during that, during those two to three minutes, he changed up his whole entire training regiment to deal with um, you know, getting the endurance, getting the extra power. So this little fight actually changed the whole way that he would actually start teaching uh, his brand of Kung Fu. In 1965, Bruce's son, Brandon, was born. Six days after, he got a call saying that his father had passed away. He goes back to 
Hong Kong for the funeral. And when he gets back, he signs a one-year contract for 20th Century Fox to get back into acting as Cato on the Green Hornet. While getting ready to start filming, he opened up another studio in L.A. And another thing I didn't put in the notes is in the Chinese culture, if you're not there when someone passes away, you actually have to when you enter the room, you have to get down on your hands and knees and approach the coffin by wailing and screaming. If you're not there when someone passes, you have to wail and scream on all fours by making your way to the casket uh, to show respect. Jeez. So, let's see. The Green Hornet only lasted one season, and people think that it was because too close to the Batman series. Um, there's another little story about uh, Batman and Green Hornet crossover. Um, or the Green Hornet and Batman and Robin and Kato were supposed to in a fight. And the person that played Robin did a lot of training with Bruce Lee over the years. So he knew how good he was. And the day that they were going to be filming it, Bruce acts extremely angry with him, acted like he was just going to kick the shit out of him. Like, I'm not going to lose in this fight. I know it's scripted, but I'm not going to do it. And the person that played Robin was extremely freaked out. By the time they were about to say action, uh, people in the studio said that Robin was extremely panicky and so scared and then that's when bruce lee busted up laughing it's like hey it's just a joke man it's just a joke <laughs> so he had he had robin just done almost to tears and he was gonna get the crap kicked out of him and the original um plot for the scene was set it was supposed to be that uh, the green hornet and kato loses and batman and robin win Bruce Lee said that's not acceptable, and he actually walked out. Can, can you done. imagine he just walked being out the... and was like, "Hey, I'm not, I'm not doing this." And then they rewrote it for Bruce, become a draw. Can, can you imagine being like the movie producer, and then like you know you're filming this dramatic scene, and all of a sudden the villain's just like, you, you know what I mean? Just like, uh, cut. no, this is actually like keep keep rolling, keep rolling, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have you actually ever seen the Green Hornet? I've seen the one that has uh, the the one with the car and the dude like super rich and he wants to become like a good guy with his, the dude that makes his coffee every morning, right? Is that is that the same movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's I've seen the it. the movie, but this is back in the TV show. Is so a TV was, show? Uh, Seth was... Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen did the new one that was like fifteen years ago. Yeah, no, the one with Bruce Lee where he's he's basically his driver and. Like, drives the rich guy around everywhere he goes. Yeah. Comes basically this superhero Batman alter ego sort of thing. It's pretty cool, dude. Like, very James Bondish sort of feel to it, you know? It's kind of cool. Yeah. So, the Green Hornet only lasted them one season. And a lot of people think that it's just be because it was too close to Batman. Um, yeah. But one of the other reasons why they only did it for one season is because Bruce Lee as Kato actually outstarring uh green hornet <laughs> so the the hero of it 
So they said it was due to it being too close to Batman that it only lasted one series, but most people say that it was because Sidekick actually outstarred the main star. Let's see. For the next four years, Bruce spent most of his time in the studio, became one of the elite trainers to the stars, where he charged $250 an hour Weights to about $1,500 an hour uh, this time. $1,500 now. That's pretty well, awesome. Stu- yeah, a lot of some of the students were Steve McQueen, J- James Coburn, Lee Marvin, Roman Polanski, and uh, Graham Abdul-Jabbar. And that's just a few of the ones that he trained. In 1967, Moot. Bruce meets Chuck Norris at a national karate championship and tragically dies when Chuck Norris does a roundhouse kick, knocks his head clean off. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> so, and Chuck, Chuck Norris wins that tournament. Not long after, uh, Bruce actually started to train uh, with Chuck for a while. Uh, fun fact, every karate champion around that time that trained with Bruce Lee would become the karate champion. That's awesome. So, yeah, so it started off with Chuck uh, training with him, and every single karate champion that did train with Bruce Lee on the championship. While acting rolls dying uh, for the time in 1969 he writes himself a note that gives him motivation and it is entitled my definite chief aim says i bruce lee will be the highest paid oriental star in the united states in return i will give the most exciting performances and render the best of quality in the capacity of an actor starting 1970 i will achieve world fame and by the beginning of 1980 I will be worth 10 million dollars I will live in a way I please and achieve inner happiness he actually was so close to being worth the 10 million dollars just before he died it was like a lot of those um, personal affirmation things that you hear about online or some some people write notes that was his his one there, and he became exactly what he put his mind out to be. I thought it was extremely awesome. On April 19th, his daughter Shannon Lee was born, and uh, she's actually been such a huge part of his legacy uh, up until this day. So a lot of stuff that you hear about or learn about um, because of his daughter keeping his name alive and keeping his family I've taken care of January 29th 1970 he shut down all of his schools um he had the students teaching the class the teaching the class to never teach in another building again could only teach and select you know only teach select few few students at the time and only teach in their homes and their backyards having them go back to the way it was in spite of all of that you can actually find people teaching 
his Jeet Kune Do uh, people day, which is definitely not what he wanted. I did Bruce shut down all no one really knows for certain maybe he wanted to focus on becoming a star maybe he just was done with it maybe he didn't want anyone to be as good as him um, in his own style of martial arts no one really knows the whole truth in 1970 bruce brings brandon back to hong kong and is surprised to be swarmed by adoring fans bruce had no clue how popular he was back in hong kong Locals were more impressed by his role in cameos in Hollywood and was loved that he was a local um, just like them. As the Cato role made him a rock star, put it on the uh, all the episodes the Green Hornet on the big screen over there for everyone else to see. So he gets back to Hong Kong and has no clue what time a huge following he has there. And uh, he's just mobbed by adoring fans, um, and he would have no clue until he went back there. On August 19th, his career comes to a screeching halt where he injures his sacral nerve while lifting weights. He suffers severe muscle spasms in his back while training and injures his... Injury is severe enough to where the doctor said he would never kick again. And in his mind, if he can't kick again, he can't train again, and he would never become the star he wanted to be. He started rehabbing slowly at first. He couldn't rehab. He was working on his philosophy of Jeet Kune Do and get really into the spiritual side of things. In January, his back is all better. Can have He will have to manage the back pain for the rest of his life, but he's able to train again. I mean, there's nothing that's going to keep this guy down, you know. It's almost like he knew. Nerve. It's almost like he knew something was going to happen. Um, you know, he he kind of grew up. Uh, you know, his dad was an opera singer, had like a little bit of fame, but maybe he just made so much money and just kind of like knew that something was going to happen and something did happen. I think that's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, it's there's so much stuff going on with. Um, there's definitely a lot of conspiracies going on with everything. Um, he, he he unlocked. They, uh, he he meditated so much. He was just so powerful in mind. He read the future and was like, "Okay, this is what's gonna happen." Okay, I got it. Yeah, he did. Um, in May of 1971, a film company named Golden Harvest, based out of Hong Kong, flew over uh, to Hollywood to offer Bruce a two-movie contract that would pay him fifteen hundred dollars, or sorry, fifteen thousand dollars per film. He signs the contract and in late june he flies to hong kong to start filming but i didn't put in the notes is when he was there the first time uh with his son brandon the company that actually does two-thirds of all the chinese movies came to him for like a seven it was like a seven film contract or he would only get paid like like fifteen hundred dollars um he turned it down because he was used he could make more money uh, teaching back in California and so this company flies out to get him uh, he signs the contract and flies over to Hong Kong to start filming his first movie in Hong Kong was titled The Big Boss the movie would go on to gross 50 million dollars worldwide 
about 300 million in today's money. This was a tight budget of $10,000. So it took $10,000 to make the movie. It would become the highest grossing film in Chinese history until his second movie with Golden Harvest came out, The Fist of Fury. On May 4th, 1972, Lee makes his way to Rome to film a, f um, film a new movie, Way of the Dragon. Bruce had Chuck Norris fly out part of the film, had an epic fight scene in the Roman Coliseum, which might be the the best scene in the movie um i freaking love the that best movie, scene the in the movie, movie. So, i don't know if you know this but the fight scene was actually nine minutes long damn in the fight scene bruce had brought to the fight what he called the oblique kick which later would be used in a lot of mma fighting most notably used by john the bones jones with mma being brought into the mainstream with these types of movies Dana White, the owner of the UFC, refers to Bruce Lee as the father of mixed martial arts. I was uh, like, a lot of times you see the oblique kick, and you see a lot of people using it nowadays, but it was never actually seen until Bruce Lee did it in that movie. Just Go so ahead. you guys know, uh, Dana White uh, beats his wife. So, <clears throat> okay, continue on, John. Hey, I but just he says Bruce Lee is the father of mixed martial arts. That's all that matters. <laughs> I just love the part of that movie where he's fighting Chuck Norris and he like pulls out like a big old chunk of his chest hair because Norris was a hairy mofo back then, dude. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah, say, you if, watch you watch, if you watch the movie, you're probably thinking like, all right, well, why is Chuck Norris wearing a sweater? Uh, he's not wearing a sweater. Yeah, that's that's him shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> Way of Re of the Dragon was released and made 130 million in the box office, and finally he gets the attention of Hollywood, and he talks. After moving back to Hong Kong, Warner Brothers flies him back to Hollywood to have him sign a contract to talk about new film Enter the Dragon will be a joint Hollywood and Chinese film budgeted $850,000. The biggest budget that he's actually filmed um, with all the other movies he's done combined. Would make $350 million at the box office and due to the inflation that would make it $1.2 billion in today's money. Damn. One, of the most, one of the most profitable films of all time. You actually think about it. This is 1960s. So it being the Hollywood and the Chinese. So they're not just distributing it to um, areas. So it's actually taken off globally. So for the longest time, that movie was the highest grossing movie of all time until you started getting into uh, like some of the Marvels now. Um, Back then, bring it up to about $1.2 billion today, today's money. That's awesome. Uh, oh, yeah. Do you guys 19... know if the Titanic movie was out by then? Oh, no, that was in mid-90s. I yeah. say 96, 97. Okay. Thank you, you old farts. Thank you. You're welcome. Say a little story on that. Um 
19. Yeah, it was like 96 or 97. I was in middle school and we heard someone who had to go watch it. There were boobies involved. Um, <laughs> and it was still PG 13. So, of course, you know, all the teenage boys around me are just like, all right, yeah, let's go see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love Titanic. And down we're thinking boobies, you know. <laughs> that's probably uh why the show did or the movie did so good you know it's so many uh so many middle schoolers going to see boobies can i get one uh, ticket to titanic and the guy working the front desk is like oh this kid wants to see boobies <laughs> absolutely <laughs> in 1972 a martial arts magazine gave bruce an honorary black belt and named him the martial artist of the decade which he found ironic because he didn't actually believe in belts. Uh, he was asked a question one time, uh, what belt or what rank he was. And he actually said, I don't have any belts. I don't plan to have any belts. I do this because I love to do this. I don't worry about the point system. I don't worry about rankings. I just did it because he loved it. So he, he, gave, he got an honorary black belt, uh, but he actually didn't to be in any of those things huh. on may 25th 1973 bruce lee was in the studio dubbing his voice way for the way of the dragon because he didn't want his voice to be voiced over by anyone else it was very hot and humid the studio and the ac was turned off so they wouldn't be picking it up on the audio Bruce was hot and not feeling well and not getting a lot of sleep. He goes to the bathroom to cool off and splash some water on his face, then passes out on the floor. He's out for about 20 minutes when he comes to and his assistant comes to find him. Plays it off like he's searching for his glasses. And when he gets out of, into the hallway, Bruce collapses again and starts to have a seizure. He is rushed to the hospital where the doctors diagnose him with a cerebral edema, build up a fluid around the brain. Doctors are able to bring the swelling down and says he needs to, uh, to rest and take it easy. And of course, that's not what he does. July 1920th, he sent a letter to his attorney to talk to him about all, about all the upcoming things and add going on and when he got to America Linda kisses Bruce goodbye says she's gonna go run some errands that she would see him at dinner that would be the last time that Linda saw him alive Bruce heads to an actress's house to talk to talk about the upcoming game of death movie it was planning on that they were planning on doing next while Bruce was there he started getting headaches so the actress gives him pain pill. I don't remember the name of the pain pill. Um, but Bruce lies down, go to sleep until dinner time, and he never wakes up. Uh, they try to get him revived. They send him to the hospital. But Bruce Lee ends up dying that day from cerebral edema. A lot of people are saying that because was the pain pill that did it um majority of people think of the cerebral edema killed him um 
a lot of people say that it, it's because his family's cursed. That that's why it happened. Um, he, he was poisoned. Uh, it was the mafia. He drank too much water. Uh, <clears throat> what, what, other, what other theories you guys got? <laughs> so many. A lot of people were saying that it's, it's because of the overheating. Uh, apparently, a couple months before, he actually had a, his uh, sweat glands, um, some of his sweat glands removed. Sweat glands help you keep your body temperature low by sweating it out. Um, due to the cerebral edema and with the heat from the studios the heat from everything um a lot of the water just that day he he passed away and not too you know long after that all the other stuff came out all the forces drinking the water uh hits um poisoned stuff so it was just never overtaken as what it was um Sean, do you have any of the conspiracy theories? Honestly, man, I I never really heard too many of the conspiracy theories that were tied up in uh, Bruce Lee's death. Like, I remember watching the movies and stuff like that and asking how he died. I've heard stuff from him being, you know, anemic and and also his back injury and stuff like that, just a compilation of things. But I had actually never heard of even the real reason why he died. So this is all kind of news to me. So I yeah, watched... So I I watched a, a YouTube video um, with Jackie Chan, and Jackie Chan's getting interviewed, and uh, they, they ask him, they say, hey, there's all these like theories of like how Bruce Lee died. Um, I think the mafia uh, put out a hit on him and maybe it poisoned him. Um, uh, they're also asking Jackie Chan, like, uh, they believe that... Uh, Bruce Lee, like he meditated so much that he had like unlocked a part of his brain that allowed him to, you know, be so physically and mentally strong. And uh, Jackie Chan actually refuses to comment on it. He says, "You guys know what you guys know what happened, and I know what happened, but I'm not going to tell you what happened." There's an interview on YouTube with Jackie Chan. Go look it up. Uh, during my research, I actually found a little bit about Jackie Chan. So I think it was Enter the Dragon. Jackie Chan was like a 19-year-old um, extra in the movie, one of the fighters. And during the fight scene, Bruce Lee was supposed to smack him. Of course, you know, not actually hit him with the... Uh, nunchucks. The nunchucks. The, uh, it was like a spear. Um Staff. I was supposed to hit him with a staff. And during the fight, Bruce Lee actually makes contact Jackie Chan. Hits him really hard with it. And as soon as cut was uh, said, Bruce Lee ran over to Jackie Chan and gave him a hug. He's just like, hey, man, I'm so sorry. So sorry. You know, just like apologizing. Bruce and uh, Jackie Chan is just like, hey, you know what? This is probably like, Biggest moment of my life. I'm getting a hug from my idol. That's the one I've seen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's it's pretty cool. Um, Becky Chan looked up to that man so... That, 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 that'll, that'll for sure be another episode down down the line. <laughs> Jackie Chan's freaking awesome. Bruce Lee, freaking awesome. Chuck Norris might be another episode too. Might, might be down the line, but continue. 
So yeah, that's the rest of my notes, but I wanted to kind of go into uh, a little bit of Brandon Lee. It was sung. So of course, he wanted to be into acting as well. Uh, he starred in pretty horrible movie uh, TV or a movie TV TV show. We got horrible ratings. Uh, we've listened. I've listened to the trailer for it. It was pretty bad. Um, but when he got the the role for the crow, um, it was actually supposed to go to I think Christian Slater. Um, but they turned it down. There was one other person that turned it down. Uh, he got the job, and his work work ethic on the show. Um, just the way that his dad did it. He was so devoted to uh, what his dad did and being like him. Uh, by the time the filming was almost done, he had actually dropped like 20, 30 pounds. He was down to like 1% or 2% body fat because it was so demanding on his body. And final scene that he was put in was supposed to be gunshot the ops person got some live ammo and some dud ammo um, a few weeks earlier they ran out of the dud ammo so they tried to you know use the live ammo take it apart make it a dud um, for that last scene what they didn't know was that a piece of the lead lodged into the barrel of the gun so the last scene of that movie um it was shot he actually was shot which is if if you actually watch that movie <clears throat> which by the way i recommend it's a highly badass movie even for today's standards dude um, okay we'll talk it, after continue <laughs> man if you if you don't like that show you got no taste in film sorry bro but uh like that that show where he jumps up on the uh, the uh, pool table and he's getting shot up by a bunch of bad guys. It's about midway through the movie. Um, is actually the scene where he actually does get shot. Sadly enough, so so with that, I mean, it's just it's just sad. Um, he died at the hospital a little bit later. Um, they had a few other actors uh, help finish the movie. The rest of the scenes that needed to be done. Um, the credit does go to Brandon Lee for that. <laughs> for sure. Hi, Sean. Or, uh, <laughs> I, what, what, what did you want to say? Find a dog on the movie. Uh, might get some hate for this, but uh, <clears throat> I, I just remember one day, you know, my wife's like, let's watch something spooky. And we got on Netflix and uh, The Crow and we clicked on it. And I, I'm pretty sure I turned it off within like, three to four minutes um i don't know i don't know i just uh just was like uh hell no <laughs> so I, I don't know i'm a 96 baby so i, I don't know it's not my taste i, I have not watched the full a movie dark comic book movie that's all it is dude it's just a dark comic book movie you know so <laughs> yeah so uh yeah like, like i said so I, I only watched about three minutes of it so uh yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay i forgive you Give it another shot, man. Give it another shot. Well, um, I'll have to go watch it now because I I know it's the wait wait. So Bruce Lee's dead and his son's dead. His died for, his son died from the projectile shot by the gun. Correct. Correct. 
And his uh, Brandon didn't have any children either, or did he? Uh, I don't know if he did it. I just know that his adult life, he tried to um, go into acting, and he grinded just like his dad to to a point to where he could. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So again, if you talk about like uh, the curses, I don't know if you ever watched that '90s uh, Bruce Lee movie. Um. Oh, there's the big curse thing going on. You know, Bruce Lee died because he was cursed, and then since Brandon died, you know, he's also cursed. You know, has the Lee curse going on. But overall, In- I mean, interesting. Just doing the research on this guy. I never heard anything. Um, about there's the so much stuff. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um. Apparently, there was something that's been following around since his childhood. Uh, a big samurai um, shadow person, but it's, it's it's insane. I mean, this guy is just legendary. What he does was legendary. Getting yeah. some of the best out there. I thought one of the coolest things was that every single person that he trained in the karate, um, which wasn't even his field, became a karate champion. You know, For during sure. those times. Yeah, so I know. Doing the research, this guy was amazing. I know growing up, man, I used to watch uh, Bruce Lee movies with my dad all the time. Like, every Saturday, he'd always have one going. And, uh, yeah, it was it was always a badass show. So, kind of got a love for old uh, Chinese martial arts films from it. You know what I mean? And they're just fun to watch. They're cheesy as all get out. But, hey, it's, it's a good time. Well, one real thing, real quick. So, he didn't actually just do kung fu. Just like I said, he trained in boxing in high school. And so he actually would go around to a bunch of different um, studios and places and get trained in all different types. So it was like um, Jeet Kune Do was technically part of like a boxing, Kung Fu, Muay Thai, you know, just like everything. He he trained in everything, and that's what made him think so good. So and, question for you, John. Where you say he was uh, originally trained by Yip Man, uh, isn't – isn't that the original IP man that uh, they have? That is. The, that the is. actual films for? That's what I thought. Yeah. So. My, yeah, favorite, you... my favorite part of the episode, uh, just every time you talked about uh, him getting in a fight with someone, it, it always ended with uh, him, Bruce Lee, kicking the shit out of him. That was uh, that was definitely the best part, I think. Right? <laughs> so, like, I don't know if it was in the notes, but yeah, I think it was in the notes. So... He lost one fight. This was after we started doing all the street fighting. He lost one fight, and that's what made him want to go train with Yip Man and martial arts is because he lost one fight. That's crazy. That's cool, though. It was just the, the dedication to uh, street fights and uh, you know kicking each other's ass. You know, It's starting of that motivation. Uh, that's all I have on Bruce Lee uh, to say. I could have made this uh, six-parter, just trying to get all the information in. Is um, <laughs> so influential. So let's just say Bruce Lee has been <laughs> clapped. Hell yeah! Hey yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome, dude. Awesome story. Uh so uh, if you guys follow us on our Instagram page, you will notice that uh, this week's episode, the picture is already up. 
Um, something else, too, that I'm thinking about doing, guys, is uh, would you guys be interested in maybe throwing a poll on Instagram and maybe having people choose our next subjects for us? So, like, we'll throw up some subjects and then uh, they kind of vote on it. What do you, what do you guys think of that? I think that would be pretty cool. Okay. I'd be down with that. We're going to throw one up this week. You guys can choose the subject uh, if you vote. And uh, it, it has to be, like, more than, like, ten people. It can't just be, like, like five people because then it's – you know what I mean? It's like, you know, you won by two votes. Come on. So, again, we have a social media account on Instagram where we post the pictures of the weekly topics. Handle is Clapped by Fire Podcast. We get on there every single week and we post pictures of the episodes that we cover where you're able to get on and see a visual and uh, even do, like, your own research if uh, – the story has uh, reached out to you, and uh, you particularly like it. So we're going to put a poll on Instagram, and uh, and uh, we'll have it up for a couple days, and that will be our next week's episode. Thanks, everyone, for hopping in. Thanks. Have a good one. We will see you guys next week. Peace. Peace.